we used to think I think a very stupid thing in college that's similar to shotgunning called eating a beer. <laughs> and you couldn't you couldn't do this. Have you ever, you ever seen this? No, I don't know what this is about to be. So what you do is you take a can of beer, you hit it against your head a few times, and that kind of softens it. Okay. And then you just bite. You take it to the side. You bite into the side of the beer and just go back. It's like shotgunning it from the side. <laughs> My most distinct recollection of doing this is being in a circle with some friends, like like let's eat a beer, and I was like, guys, why are we doing this tonight? What are we celebrating? They're like, well. We took our entrance exam for med school today. <laughs> like all of those people are doctors now. They're fucking uh, doctors. And we were eating beers together in college. At my 10 year reunion, someone was like, let's eat a beer. And then like the next morning I saw him with his family and I was like, that's weird. Once you have kids, you can't eat a beer. I have not eaten a beer since I had a child. Well, now all of those doctors and lawyers are wealthy enough that they're basically living out the movie Hostel and uh, just paying to to slowly murder people. <laughs> they make other people eat beers for them. For their sick <laughs> pleasure. Eat the can, fucko. Eat the can. <laughs> it's it's one of those things you're like, why'd you do... I like, I fuck, it, fuck if I know. I don't even know you could do... Until someone to- showed... I was like, that seems weird. It's like... It sounds like something that if you if I ever met the Sandman, I'd be like, you want to see this? And he'd be like, <laughs> sweet. Sandman, you want to eat a beer with me? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a video uh, from what I assume was maybe outside of, I don't know, maybe StarCast over mm-hmm. the weekend, where Sandman is standing outside of what looked like a hotel and this shirtless man uh, who looked like a backyarder, like he, mm-hmm. but he was definitely just a fan, but looked like he looked like a guy who's wrestled on a trampoline a couple times. And, mm-hmm. and the guy goes, just do it. And Sandman goes, you need to promise me you're not going to sue me. And he just goes, just fucking do it. And <laughs> Sandman canes him. <laughs> it's, like Sandman probably was outside having a cigarette after he enjoyed his continental breakfast <laughs> at the fucking Red Roof Murder Inn and uh, gets to wake up. That's a weird thing to be a person that's like, hit me. I'm a fan. <laughs> I love your work. Please assault me. Um, Yeah. I mean, if I'll eat, a, I'll come out of retirement of eating beers if I get to eat a beer with a Sandman. I think that's the only that's the only scenario left in which I'll eat a beer is if the Sandman is like, sounds fun, let's do it, and be like, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I would eat a beer with the Sandman, and I would do penis cocaine with Jimmy Lloyd. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, because he would take it all and disappear. Yeah, there's um, no way you get to. I guess that's our Hey story. everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined a Pro Wrestling Hangout. Uh Garrett and Chris here. Chris has yeah. been gone. Garrett's been here with Heater. Heater's not here today. And we were just talking about eating beers. We're back. Eating beers. It's, it's a thing. We'll explain it to you. Well, next time we see you, we'll get we'll let you know what that is. All I'm saying is the only person the only we could, I guess. The only person I'll eat a beer with is the Sandman. That's that's what I'll confirm. Maybe stick it at the end, Garrett. You can just let that be like an outro. A surprise bonus for people, which is less of a surprise. I said it now, but 
I feel like it's just gonna lead in because uh, it was it would be game wrestling talk. Yeah, and it's, and we didn't name names other than Sandman. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh fuck! Hey, so um, college doesn't matter anymore, right? Like that's not a thing that like gets anybody anywhere these days. Or I mean, only sort of. It kind of, I mean, still does. Like, I think it's hard, it's hard to apply to certain jobs if you don't like have college, but it, it's certainly less of a distinguishing thing than it was many when our parents went. I don't know. I only ask because Sawyer Wreck is auctioning off some bloody clothes. Okay. And I don't know how high that auction's going to go, but mm-hmm. I feel like dipping into my child's college fund, like, yeah, I mean, he'll get it, right? He's like, why did you buy the tall, bloody woman's clothes, Papa? <laughs> it's like, well, ask your therapist. <laughs> That's what the rest of the college money. Use it for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll be, uh, yeah, maybe that's, maybe after watching, like, like watching wrestlers with you all of his life, he'll go, I think I need to help people. I need to help these people figure out why they're doing this. Like, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to help Matt Tremont figure out the next Matt Tremont not become (laughs) Matt Tremont. I, I, I guess he could go that route, but I thought you were going to say that he's going like the the on-site paramedic route or like into sports medicine, which what's funny is in, in deathmatch wrestling, like the person who sits in the back with tweezers and pulls glass out of Tremont is sport. That's sports medicine. That's well, just could, as good as like getting a, uh, getting a cramp out of Kobe Bryant's calves. <laughs> in a game. You could combine it. I think you could be like now Akira. Why, why did you do this? Someone just, why did you let someone throw you onto this board of glass? And yes, I'm going to pick the the glass out of your back, but maybe we can think next time about why we're doing this and maybe address some of those issues with, with your mom (laughs) before this really hurts or Dale Patrick. Like I I guess I'm talking about, I watched a, a a bunch of indie wrestling this weekend before all out. And I, I've, I've watched the GCW Hoffman estate show. Um, Say You Will, I think it was called, at the same time as the Circle Six, Sickest of the Six, um, which was a deathmatch tournament. Uh, Also in Chicago, right? I think that one was in Chicago. In actual Chicago. Yeah. Um, It was interesting because GCW uh, this week felt very much, you know, they were like, wasn't very violent. It really took on the idea of wrestling at a place where children play soccer. Whereas uh, Circle Six was wrestled like a show that was at a bar that, you know, looked a little, you know, like it wasn't fancy. It was everyone. People people go to there to have a good time. Pop open a couple. They're really picking up some slack. Like, oh, yeah. GCW's in this like, are we PWG or are we deathmatch? Like while they're figuring that out, Circle Six knows exactly what they are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it's like on my two screens, on like one screen is like uh Tony Deppen doing like midget spots with hornswoggle, and on the other part of my screen is like uh again like Dale Patrick getting like thrown downstairs. Like question into about a pile Dale Patrick. So I saw Dale Patrick wrestle a bunch 
in person one weekend with our buddy Tag mm-hmm. at that death match weekend in Indianapolis. And at that time, his thing was he was the deathmatch jackass. So his whole thing was like he he was just like a fun loving, like basically a character from Jackass. Like his logo looked like the Jackass logo, mm-hmm. but maybe with light tubes instead of the crutches or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He was a very likable baby face and he went far in tournaments and did some really crazy shit. Yeah. And then I saw the last I saw of him, he was a villain. And he came out in like a trench coat. And that kind of bummed me out because I liked the fun-loving jackass guy. What is he in Circle Six? He was more on the fun-loving side. He wasn't aggressively fun-loving. He was more of a like a... It was also kind of a... I, I felt kind of a a heroic kind of thing. I mean, he was he was clearly hurt coming out for the the main event. It was like, this guy is definitely... Like, he did something to his knee somewhere in here. He maybe shouldn't be wrestling, but he's going to do this, and he's not going to hold anything back. And he and Akira had a truly crazy match. Um, ring? No ring? Ring, but without uh, without the canvas and padding. So board. Oh God. <laughs> it's a board match, and just in the center of the ring is a, a, a another board that's covered in glass. That and a bunch so of light funny. tubes. Because this tournament we saw in Indianapolis came down to three or four people, and two of those people were Dale Patricks and Akira, and they took off the canvas, they took off the mats, and they just covered all the boards 100% in broken glass. Like, you couldn't even see the boards because it was just crushed glass. This was safer. (laughs) At that show, we were sitting front row. And we saw Akira and Dale Patrick's look at that. And basically everybody involved in the match, you could hear them talking like before the cameras started. And there was like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> it was just like, so it was like, I think asylum wrestling. It was like an Indi- Indianapolis death match company. And there was like, absolutely not. Like we are not getting paid enough to deal with this shit. So everybody just immediately jumped out of that ring and fought around the outside the entire time, never doing a bump in that shit. <laughs> yeah, clearly, again, I guess credit to Circle Six for getting everyone to agree to this. Because um, no one, again, there was no one was avoiding anything. Um, other than there was an odd spot at the beginning, so the main the referee of the main event was Drake Younger. Um, and Akira, like a minute into the match, just takes a bundle of light tubes and just throws it in Drake's face. For reasons that are unclear storyline-wise. <laughs> Unless I miss something. I don't know. Um, I tend to have my commentary a little bit down. But I I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. And Drake just like didn't referee for a while. And then came, like punched the ref who like replaced him. And then went back to refing. Like five minutes later. <laughs> it's like. I don't know. Um, but yeah it was a great show. They, they, they did. Uh, the other super fun match was. Matt Tremont. And oh, I'm blanking on his partner. Why am, why am I blanking on his partner? Uh oh, geez, I gotta find this. This is gonna bum me out. I'm searching uh, for you. Was it sickest of the six? Yes. Okay. He oh, uh, Bobby Beverly. The Bev. Matthew, uh, sorry, Matt Tremont, Bobby Beverly against 
going into the match, it was two mystery opponents, and their opponents were AJ Gray and Alex Colon. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, they had a banger. They had a they had a full on banger all around Reggie's. Um with uh what I also liked about Reggie's was that you could just kinda like there were seats in certain places, but you could also just kind of like stand not too close to the ring. There were there's guardrails, but there was this woman on the one side of the ring in like a white dress who seemed I couldn't see who it didn't seem like she was with anyone else who was like forcing her to be there, but she also seemed a little bit scared. Like I just wanted to ask her what her overall vibe was and how she was feeling about this and like what she thought about Matt Tremont. And I mean, it's possible that like your wife, Garrett, she just like, she got it. She like went to a deathmatch show and was just like, this is a fun thing. I like screaming at this, you know? I'm going to go dressed as Marilyn Monroe next right. time. <laughs> Do you think she got stood up on a date? Do you think Ooh, she was there waiting for rough. somebody who looked like like a bloodier version of us? Or maybe 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 Casanova Valentine. You know what I mean? He's a Casanova. He's a heartbreaker. You know, it's right there in the name. Um, That's true. So maybe he was just like, look, I'm going to go do commentary over here. You stand over here and uh, we'll hang out. But I like I thought it was uh, also props to Circle Six, because while their show was free, the video quality and streaming consistency was better than the one I was paying for. <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, now, I'm yeah. looking at the card on this. I mean, it's mostly matches that I'm. Like reading what the you know the stipulation is and everything, I'm like, no, oh my god, did you watch this Atticus or this Otis Kogar Remington Thor blunt force trauma death death match? What mm-hmm. the fuck is that? Um, he hit him with a chair that was so hard and so like his the chair shot was so hard and fast, like they were like, we got to slow this down, and even in slow mo, it was disturbing. That's awful. Even even in slow mo, I know. Put this put this way. Even in slow mo, you couldn't fully process how hard it was. Like it was, how, it was quite something. It was quite something. How weird is it to schedule a match where you're like, "All right, we got seven minutes, and we just know it's gonna end. We can only we only got one shot at this, guys, because I'm going to be unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> we got to yeah. do it for Chicago." Mm-hmm. <laughs> They went very, it went hard. I would actually, it's interesting because like the, the like work ready, like chill out, relatively speaking, match was Matt Justice against Atticus Kogar, which was in no way contextually like a chill out, like, but they, they like didn't hit each other with any light tubes, you know? That's their version of, <laughs> of Big Show versus fucking, what's QT his- Marshall. QT Marshall. Well, it's number one contender match though, so Justice is gonna get a shot at the uh the Circle Six title against I guess it's still uh what's his name? It's been um, a long week. Actually, uh, who is I mean it's not Atticus, is it? No, is it's, he... not. it's not. It it's Wentz. not. It's Wentz. It's Wentz. Zach Wentz. When... Oh, Zach Wentz. Yeah. He was well, back in the I mean, we would... so we'll see, yes. Impact, a place where um, 
if CM Punk really loves this business, he could go wrestle. It's true. It's true. I bet they'd hire his friend too. Oh, fuck yeah, they would. I mean, like, if he really loves this business and it's not just for money, like, I think it mm-hmm. probably is. Yeah, probably. Uh, NWA wouldn't mind having him. Impact, hey, he and like, Billy Corgan are Chicago guys, right? Um, They need a new top guy because Tyrus lost a loser must retire match to EC3. EC3 versus CM Punk? Mm-hmm. You finally figured out a way that I'm going to get excited about a CM Punk. Who's more interested in controlling their narrative than CM Punk? Am I right? Am I right? He loves his narrative. He's very oh focused on his narrative. He's a very progressive guy, but yes. his narrative does need some controlling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this has been such a bizarre week of just people bickering. It's been a lot of fighting. Yeah, it's been a weird... Uh, I feel like the wrestling world's in a weird space right now because there's a lot of people who don't really understand i don't know corporate workplaces and law like (laughs) i don't know exactly what cm punk did their stories but if you can fire someone with cause for that much money he probably did some pretty crazy shit that's pretty clearly on tape it just doesn't happen otherwise. Like, there's just no... Cons- like, he definitely did something that was truly heinous on videotape. Um, it sucks yeah. that we're not going to see that tape. We are definitely not. Yeah. Tony like, Khan's got way too many lawyers. Yeah, I mean, somebody at Wembley maybe could get us that tape. Uh, but yeah, it's really created a divide uh, between people who want to punch their boss and think you can and still continue to work. It's really a wrestling fantasy. Like it's a story. Right. Yeah. Except, except when stone cold did it, they talked about it in advance and um, stone cold never threatened to not wrestle in front of 80,000 people. (laughs) Didn't happen. Oh, Samoa Joe, the the true locker room leader he is, got that man to to go out there. I mean, all this, I guess, is alleged. I don't fucking know. Honestly, I yeah, that's like, all. I, I guess, but although, come on, can you imagine what, how how difficult it must have been for Joe to give that speech? Dipshit, there's eighty thousand people out there. Stop yelling at stop yelling at the the famous actor's son. And let's wrestle the match. Let's just do that. Can, can we do that? Can we do that? There's 80. We, you and I wrestled in front of 12 people in a barn in Indiana. Can we fucking wrestle in front of 80,000 people together? Let's do that. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Out. Do you, so Tony said he was, he feared for his life. Do you think it's possible that CM Punk went to the locker room, got in Cash Wheeler's bag? <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing about this is we know Tony Tony's been to the ECW arena, which means he's been around New Jack. And this is the first time he feared for his life. I mean, because the, the Bam Bam Bigelow dark side, they tell that story about Bam Bam's kid who was like eight getting like just like punched by someone at the ECW arena. So at the ECW arena, Tony was like, ah, I'm OK here. 
CM Punk's around, he's like, this is a very dangerous place. The funniest meme I saw was what happened when <laughs> CM Punk confronted Tony Khan. And it was a scene from the very beginning of the movie Tommy Boy with Chris Farley, where Chris Farley is running to get to class full speed and there's a very small man in the middle of the sidewalk <laughs> who basically just starts crying and cowering as he's getting charged by chris farley <laughs> and that is oh my god like i mean i maybe i don't know maybe i kiss tony khan's ass too much sometimes because but he does provide me with a lot of things i would genuinely like to see mm-hmm. as a wrestling fan and as i was never a punk guy so i don't know i'm probably the wrong person to give it like to talk about this but i, I was i feel like i was a punk guy for a long time and i just it's all and i still look i still like watching the guy wrestle um just some of this stuff the last year is just sort of eroded over time you're just like i don't know man like these other guys came along and they also gave me a lot of entertainment and uh and also it's like th- this is the thing that punk sort of maybe has never fully accepted, right? Which is that he basically got replaced by Daniel Bryan in WWE and Daniel Bryan actually got to be a champ and do all those things multiple times. And uh, this weekend, he got replaced by Daniel Bryan, who probably had a better strap match with Ricky Starks than Punk was going to. Certainly a more violent and visceral one. (laughs) Because I want to point this out. You know, we just talked about the Circle Six show that I watched. Um, That was very violent. Um, The... And maybe maybe it's because I'd, I'd had an edible when we watched all out together, but the visceralness of Daniel Bryan and uh, Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks just whipping the fuck out of each other with belts. <laughs> Sweet lord, I it was it was like a I was like I, I am I like hallucinating this like they can't possibly be hitting each other this goddamn hard. Sweet lord. There were a couple there that it's like some apologies were owed at the end of that match. There is no way Ricky Starks wanted to get hit in the mouth that many times. No, but I think Brian was just like, you, this is how you get it back by hitting me. This is how this and he works. Never, he did he hit did. him hard, but he never returned the favor as hard as Daniel Bryan was never afraid of hitting Ricky Starks. There was never a moment where it didn't seem like I'm going to just keep saying Daniel Bryan. I don't care. It's dragon. Bryan American it. dragon. Yeah. The, the, the dragon had it turned up to 10 every time he hit that man. And it felt like he was getting hazed. Maybe he uh, was, maybe he was like, I hear you. I hear you're, uh, you're good enough friends with, with CM Punk to be on collision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you want to be on the new version. Dragon gets to hit you in the mouth with a strap and choke you out. I mean, he choked him out. That was, that was gritty. It was gritty. The face, I mean, yeah, the face that he was making while he was choking him. I mean, it was a horror show. There was, there was a certain point where we're like, you're not even selling anymore, man. Like just quit. You don't even have to sell it this hard. Like we believe that this fucking sucks. I don't think you can sell how like sell yourself into your face going that purple. <laughs> that, that is exactly what we said. We're like, oh my god, he is turning a different color. 
selling is just overkill at this point. Like you, you are going to pass out. Oh, it was something. I was a, it was a great show. Like it was, I, I mean, yeah. it seems like our friends that were in the building. Cause I know uh, you, me and facts watched it together online from mm-hmm. three different locations. So all of us had the volume down and I feel like we missed uh, really how hot the crowd was. Right. Especially for the Hobbs and Miro match. Cause our friends who were there were basically like, that was one of the greatest crowds I've ever been in. Like the, the cheering, the meaty men, you know, slap that meat. And, you know, that was really great. Like even, for us who had i mean i didn't even hear the the beef chants or whatever they were mm-hmm. they were chanting uh but i that was one that at a certain point we all quit talking and just zeroed in on that um i mean hey, when was the last time miro got to wrestle 15 and a half minutes on a, a pay-per-view time. long time i don't know full gear 2021 i don't know <laughs> a long time ago <laughs> Because he had that match with Danielson that was kind of long. That might have been the last one that I... It's the last one I remember, certainly. Like, I don't know if he did anything in WWE that went that long. Like, he was very much a just get in there and choke him out kind of guy. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it This is the kind of match I was hoping we would get to see Miro have eventually in AEW. Uh, so, it was very refreshing to have... I mean one of the most entertaining big man matches of the last decade. <laughs> and Lana's back. We They haven't named her yet, but it's Lana. Um, they have her. Uh, her name was on the monitor. It was hot and flexible, <laughs> <laughs> which is the greatest. Like, did she choose that? Did Tony do it? Well, no, Tony cause, chose cause he kept that, saying he... it, right? He kept saying like my hot, flexible wife, right? In the promos. I think it's okay. just that. It's just that we've she's acknowledging we we understand from if we believe Miro, she is hot and flexible. I was gonna say if Tony did that, I think he could also be fired with cause. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, did you watch did you watch the sexual harassment training? <laughs> we don't talk about anyone being hot and or flexible. He was so upset with her interfering. His hot, flexible mm. wife. Yeah, he seemed mad about that. I'm not mad that CJ Perry's in AEW. I, I'm I'm curious where they're going with this. I'm I want to know where the story's going. Um, she was such a good manager in WWE. Like, I mean, she was so good for years as, as his partner. Well, they also, and that's the thing, like, I feel like WWE got bored and they were like, well, I guess she's got to manage other people. We've got to do this thing. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, it's the two of them. The two of them are a pair. They have a story together. I want to see the two of them together. I don't really care to see like character development for her. That's out like or him really. Not like like the, the as a pair. Like the two of them just kind of work together, and like do that. Just do that. Follow that out. <laughs> and already you're go. yelling at Tony because he seems to be breaking them up immediately. <laughs> well, but I I don't know I. Don't, I, I I think this is a story about him redeeming himself so that he's good enough for his hot, flexible wife. Gotcha, you gotcha. Know. I think. I don't you know. You we'll are, see. Miro. Your hot, flexible wife loves you enough to come hit the beefy boy at a very big match for you. Mm-hmm. You've been redeemed. 
Yeah, the only match on this card uh, I missed, I tuned in too late to see the opener. The better than you, baby, versus Dark Order. Uh, did you end up, did you catch that? I did. It was fine. I mean, they did the thing with MJF kind of selling the neck and doing the, I mean, I thought that was, it was a solid match. Um, I think the, again, it's still a weird use of those two guys on a pay-per-view, but, you know, move the angle forward. I'm curious. I'm very curious what the kind of the, I'm not that interested, you know, generally speaking in the business stuff at the end of the day, it's just numbers. And as long as they can keep working, but I'm curious, like how, what they did in terms of buys when they couldn't, weren't selling those two guys in a big match when they're the most two over guys in the company. Yeah. The other thing I will say is watching them the last few weeks, I feel like they've interestingly gotten to a place that the last people I feel like I recall being there were um, the elite in like 2018 where they could take the dumbest shit and just be like, if, if I commit to this bit, it'll get over. Like, think about how many people, how many bits and freaking people, the elite, I mean, just, they committed to Flip Gordon, you know? That man had a career because of them. Um, but just like the kangaroo kick thing, which is just it's stupid, right? I mean, there's nothing clever about it, but he's like, the kangaroo kick is a thing. And if I take seriously the kangaroo kick, people will get into it. And there, there they are, people screaming, fucking kangaroo kick. Popped 81,000 people out of mm-hmm. their seats in the pre-show. <laughs> yeah, for a kangaroo kick. Did he do that? Is he still mm-hmm. doing the kangaroo oh, yeah. kick? That wasn't just for Aussie Open. Nope, nope. Now it's just a thing. Did the kangaroo kick. I kind of love that that's sticking around because it, it really worked. It it worked great. And did you see Did you see the promo with him and Joe this week on, uh, on Dynamite? I didn't. Well, it seems like those two may have some some things to say to each other that's a that's a fun that's a fun matchup i agree it's also interesting because it's i feel like the first full confirmation of like yeah we're turning mgf babyface like that's because him that's not a tweener move him versus joe is mgf is the babyface in the match yeah what else on this card i mean other than obviously the the main event what do you, I mean, Takesha and Omega was pretty incredible. That was good. Um, that was, is he, how, yeah. where are you with him? Like, do you think he's as, is he working for you as much as they want him to be? Takesha? Yeah. Um, I guess the whole him and Callus thing is working. I don't know about him alone yet, but I think it's working fairly well. I guess I'm also curious they said next week they're going to reveal their next target. Um, I'm I'm curious how far up the card they're trying to get him in the sense that like, I definitely buy him as this sort of like upper mid card guy. I don't know if I buy him as a main eventer yet, but I, I, I kind of, I buy where they're going with him and I, I think they're, I think they're getting there. Um, I think it's going to take a little think... bit of time to wash the stink off of like how many losses he took in 2022, just like mm-hmm. having the close matches and losing. But I think they're going to, I think they're going to get there with him. I mean, getting two pens on Kenny Omega is a good way to, to start getting people to forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm looking, oh, they sure. have the longest match of the night. Oh yeah. Um, and the main event, fucking 
Orange and Mox and I loved Mox's promo on Collision. Like it really, again, a, a perfect pro wrestling promo of of respect for your opponent and building them up, while also getting you excited to see them see them face each other. Just wonderful. So that was very likely not the main event planned for the show. I think it was Starks and Punk was the was the plan. And I don't, I mean, it's kind of hard to picture them not as the main event. Having seen what they were, I mean, I think we knew what they would have been capable of doing. Sure. But seeing, I don't know, there was just some really great Orange Cassidy moments in there where, you know, he's bloody. And then he goes over and starts doing his little kicks, but then immediately just turns them into really vicious stomps. Uh, I don't know. He was, he looked like a fucking badass. He defended that title for what, nearly a year? (laughs) Yeah. And I actually think, again, a little bit of dumb luck here, right? That they didn't know CM Punk was going to go nuts and get fired. But I really do think having that match where Orange finally loses the title as the main event of the show really kind of cemented a lot of things and worked, right? It it was sort of the payoff for all the work that Orange did. And I think it was a real moment for like for people who've been following Orange Cassidy's career for five years, who were there when people were like, this guy's going to be an AEW, the joke, the funny ha-ha like slacker guy and it was like no this guy's really good like he'll find a role here you know the people who believed and look i think a lot of people believe that orange cassidy had a space in AEW would get over an AEW. i don't know how many people realistically if you'd asked them three and a half years ago were like this guy's gonna main event an AEW pay-per-view i think everyone kind of felt like that gimmick had some kind of ceiling somewhere um and I think he proved that there's that they he doesn't. There's no ceiling to this. Um, and I, I particularly enjoy also he is Orange Cassidy and he does not have a catchphrase. That's which is great. such a great catchphrase. It terrible shirt, terrible t shirt, terrible shirt, but great. I love him saying that. Uh, but yeah, when you look at who gets the biggest reactions in this company, MJF and Punk, and then honestly. Cassidy and Moxley are probably yeah well and, it, and Brian at least right? top four dragon Brian. I mean that reaction to final countdown was that was another oh. all-timer of like yeah yeah I guess it's actually nice that they have it like and then you could throw Omega in there as well but at least like six guys <laughs> that can fill that could have filled those spots but all of whom I like put... better than Punk at this point. I will point I, all of whom I would have above in in if I'm picking. Do I see a match? I would have all of them. I think at this point above uh, Punk. I, Punk would be close with like Cole. Basically, Cole would be towards the bottom of my list of that group. Um, okay, I, but you know, um, I all I, th- I feel also like hit... he would land kind of in like that Eddie Kingston range too. Yeah, ooh, Eddie. I love where I, I feel like we are finally going to get to Eddie and Claudio, and I like the the build to this. Where I'm curious if they're going to do that because they could do that at Grand Slam, 
And that mm-hmm. would be fucking awesome to see in New York, Kingston and Claudio. That would be a good place to do it for sure. I was going to say like also maybe Wrestle Dream just because it's is that technically a pay-per-view? Is that yeah, what that I is? I think so. The other option would be if they really held it off, because they said the next ROH show is going to be Final Battle. If they did Final Battle at the Hammerstein, um, that would be a pretty awesome place to do that. But mm, well, I don't that'd know. That'd be a long, long wait. But yeah, no, that, I don't know. I Yeah. <laughs> it It had to not feel good to be CM Punk after that pay-per-view and see that, like, I mean, like I said, I didn't have the audio on, but the show seems to be incredibly well received by those in attendance and those at home. The people of Chicago didn't hijack the show chanting for CM Punk. I don't think any other city's going to. Yeah, you're not getting that in Louisville. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, the other thing I noticed, you know, about, about Cassidy and, and Mox as they were coming out, not many, but both guys maybe one of the first AEW main events where this is the case licensed music right you've got these big songs that help make the it's part of the overall thing i love about AEW is that they're willing to do that on a regular basis and be like no 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 yeah this costs more but this feels like a bigger deal because orange cassidy isn't coming out to random music x he's coming out to jane and it's the it's the exact song that fits that character it's literally the inspiration of that character um, and then Mox is coming out to Wild Thing because he's descendant of, you know, of Onita. Um, although with Terry Funk on, I feel like either he, either Mox or Eddie Kingston should start coming out to Desperado. Hmm. I just feel maybe it should be Eddie. Maybe just Eddie just wandering out with crazy eyes to Desperado. Why don't is, do you, you really... come to your senses? <laughs> he walks so fast to the ring. Do you really want to license it for such such <laughs> a, a small use of it? You just you run that song during the match like he's New Jack. But it's just <laughs> it's just Don Henley over and over again. The Eagles, you know. Um yeah, I don't know. Maybe it should be Mox. But they, he also walks a little bit too fast. That was kind of the perfect thing because, like, everyone else in ECW was more, like, intense. or And, you know, Funk's coming out to Desperado, kind of, like, ambling out, like, going, Ugh! you know, and just, and it worked. And, like, grown men are just shedding a tear. Grown men who hate the Eagles, who are like, fuck the Eagles. <laughs> only Eagles, only Eagles I care about are the football team. But they're like, you look, Terry Funk walks out to Desperado. Tears you pay some fucking face. respect. You pay yeah. some goddamn respect. <laughs> Which we didn't get to talk about that. Terry, we lost Terry. And I mean, it's funny. Someone, I had like an ECW bag at a, a party uh, a couple days afterwards. And someone was like, oh, so sad, man. Funk. And I was like, well, or, or maybe even said tragic or something. Oh, tragic. You know, like, well, you know. He was 79. He lived a good life. I think I don't, I don't know if anyone was surprised, but it is something sad about losing Terry Funk in this world of like that energy of, you know, forever. You know, it did seem like that guy was going to be here forever. I don't know. He just what he, was going to take down Terry Funk, you know? I mean, we watched that my first wrestling show, that Thunder 
where he wrestled twice. And as a kid, he it's I think in my mind then he was as old as he was when he passed. You know, mm-hmm. he just he felt immortal. And it does suck to lose somebody who's that high up, that big of a fucking legend. I mean, that uh it feels as bad as I would have felt the night that Ric Flair almost died. Um <laughs> It's also because someone was talking about like how if the thing with Funk, right, he may be he might be the greatest of all time, but certainly he is of of the candidates for greatest of all time. He is the one where you'll find the least people. I've never heard anyone go. I mean, Terry Funk, not really that great. Because he covers so many bases, like maybe you're not an ECW guy, but then maybe you're like. Oh yeah, you watch those matches with like Jack Briscoe and they're fucking incredible. Or you watch what he did with Hogan and it's awesome. Or you watch like that's a th- like Funk covers so much ground. Or oh, you got to watch him and Dory in in Japan and you got to do like or the matches with Flair or like every he's got you covered from every angle. If there's any kind of wrestling fan that you are, you like some era, probably love some era of the Terry Funk career. You know, it's it's kind of an incredible thing that I, it's hard to duplicate. Even someone like Flair or Bret Hart or Danielson, or I, there are people who will say, "Well, they couldn't do this," or you know, they got you know, you can find people who will go the other side on them. I can't, I can't find it. I've never found a single person to be like, "Ah, Funk, overrated," you know. Just you might be the first person who've ever spoken those words just now, right? And I clearly can clearly ingest, clearly yeah. ingest. Um, if any of Terry's friends are listening to that, click very ingest. No, uh, Terry Funk very much properly rated as one of the greatest of all time. Um, and then the next day we lost Bray, which is sort of a crazy, um, just kind of a very sad because it's uh, so young and just sort of so out of the blue and sort of, um, yeah. So a weird week, a weird time for wrestling. I think, you know. Yeah, we definitely hit another weird period of wrestling there, where there was just so much going on in such a short period of time. Where I don't know, it was like I, it was kind of like uh, basically that whole time of COVID, where every day is a new piece of news, where you're having mm-hmm. to process, where you can't process everything. This was kind of that for wrestling fans <laughs> over the span of the last week and a half or two weeks. Yeah, it's been a yeah. It's just there's I don't I don't know if anyone's fully processed the craziness. And again, like in the, in the in the middle of all this, AEW doing eighty thousand people, the most paid tickets at a wrestling show apparently of all time. Like it, it just sort of yeah. Like you know, it's been a a, a wild sort of like few weeks in the wrestling world. Um going to be an interesting fall too i think gonna keep yeah, what do we have so we have full gear coming up in los angeles mm-hmm. in november we yep. have the wrestle dream mm-hmm. coming up uh does i mean are there any other company pay-per-views like, is there any other big matches anything that we have on the horizon that we're actively looking forward to that's a good question i mean I guess you have Grand Slam coming. I got up. Grand Slam, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to uh, GCW on Sunday in Brooklyn. We're gonna see what that. That's got okay. some fun things. 
Um, Which I think we can assume who the mystery partner is in that six man. I mean, we got some guesses here. You know, it's it's MDK all fucking day. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And who else? You got uh, Rena versus Speedball. Speedball. Yeah. Rena there's a couple versus... fun ones on there. Like, there's definitely like, it's a card. That, Charles like, Mason like against said, Holiday. Your two stops from the venue <laughs> from your house. Oh, so this is like... not that. This is not the Melrose. This is at some a place called Roulette Intermedium in Brooklyn. Oh, this is. It's near where I used to live, um, in Park Slope, over by the Barclays Center. Okay. Um, so kind of a long train ride for me, but an easy one. And you know, I uh, I'm curious. The, the venue looked cool. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go hang out with uh, Professor Tom. It's his first wrestling show since they had a baby. So that's going to be a good one for him. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking. I was like, hey, do you like the the, the seats are kind of expensive. We could do GA. But I also understand if you want to spend the extra money because you had a baby and you're tired. And he's like, nah, GA sounds good. I'm like, okay, okay, we'll see. If you're if you're curled up in the corner by the uh by match three i'll, I'll understand friendship <laughs> maki ito and killer kelly maki ito and killer kelly yeah coughlin and janella let's see you got effie and Allie there there's Macisos. you got a lot of good stuff that's gonna be a fun one yeah um, nick wayne and see... jordan oliver hell yeah jo- or, uh, sorry, sorry. Favorite nick, people. nick wayne nick wayne and his little guy sorry his li- yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> did did you happen to see so you know gcw's headed to corican yes yeah did you see they're bringing vikingo to japan Ooh, very interesting gcw there got interesting there's Japanese interesting wrestlers i would yeah yeah do you think maybe uh maybe despy shows up maybe with june kasai i mean is that before their war games he would uh, after the week after you would think Despy if they're in town Despy would probably want to come hang yeah plus in in uh the UK they're doing Janela against Blue Kane I okay so what I don't understand I've seen memes Blue I've Kane. seen photos who is that's it? the whole thing I have no clue I don't think anyone knows he's just Blue Kane uh, okay and Janela's um, going to wrestle him. Janela living out exactly what Joey Janela's career should be. He's hitting all. We still haven't heard anything about him and Nobbs for WrestleMania weekend, though. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, Come on, guys. Guys, what? I mean, maybe, do, do we need to be talking to Circle Six and see if we can sponsor a match? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I saw that Joey and Gage are going to be wrestling in Germany, too. Which yeah. I, I know we've seen them at some point but honestly it's been so long it, now that that's actually that's a fun matchup i bet those two have a lot of fun in germany yeah germans love nick gage <laughs> oh the, they're taking becca to germany i love that becca's getting more work yeah becca's uh coming into her own here you know gonna be a star gonna be singing around the world 
I actually want to go back. I think the uh, the MLW show from this weekend had a, had a rematch of Becca and Maki Ito. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other. I haven't watched that, but there are a couple other interesting things I wanted to check out on that. Oh, and I should also point out for those who have I I, I caught a little bit of Effie's Big Gay Brunch because my former XSW pal Sazzy Boatwright made her GCW debut. Made their GCW debut. Sorry. Um. And our buddy Matt, I need to look through. He told me there was a match from Big Gay Brunch that he said was not just like one of the best matches of the weekend, but one of the best matches he had ever witnessed live. Ooh. Let me. I was admittedly skimming to get to Sazzy's match. I wanted to see. Um, I wanted to see my old pal tear it up on 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 the on the Fight Network. Um. Good match though. Good match. It was an uh, it was uh, an eight person match where they brought in. It was New York versus mid the Midwest, which was fun. Um, they put the Midwest over whatever. Um, but had, and actually, Devin one of my Monroe other versus Rico Gonzalez. Okay, I will check. I will check that out too. Go back and check that out. Um, yeah, they had the um. The eight man, the Midwest side had one of my favorites from last year, Matteo Valentine, who's just such a unique and kind of fun worker. It was a fan of uh fan of his and it's good to see him again. Um Yeah. But it's I don't know, it's interesting. Like I feel yeah, I'm not sure what I'm I'm looking forward. I will say I'm looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like New Japan week to week is less fun than it used to be, but I feel like when they're like lining it all up and knocking it down like you know we're gonna have a fun a fun weekend with that um but yeah and there's also not a lot i guess not a lot announced in new york after these september shows i'm sure someone will do something i'll get to go to some shows i guess there's an mlw show in december we'll see that's close to my house i'll I'll probably try to go to that okay that's one that you're like i'll get on the train to go see ricky shane page fight fatu or somebody yeah well i think i feel like their roster has gotten a little better reason i like i like where they've been going with who they've been bringing in and um yeah is anything coming to nashville in the short term um trying to think if i've seen anything like i feel like the only company i see that's coming through every now and then uh goes to broadway and it's micro wrestling Based out of uh, Gatlinburg, which is little guys. Okay. That does not sound great. It doesn't. It doesn't. Especially if it's Um, on Broadway. It sounds like you would get the overflow from Kid Rock's Honky Tonk making fun of them short fellers. Yeah. It it really feels like uh, it's not going to be nice. It doesn't seem like it's going to be kind. (laughs) It's not going to be good spirit. Is Alberto Del Rio coming back to uh, that Mexican joint anytime soon? <laughs> the last show they put on actually looked really good, um, but it's like shockingly expensive. The, like the Mexican, the flying shows are always really. I, I always notice that the when they do the one in Queens, and I'm like, oh, I could go to that, and I'm like, how much is the ticket? It's like general admission fifty dollars, and you're like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, that was, yeah, this one that just came, I remember, I'm trying to remember who was on the card. Maybe it was like Grand Metalik and like, okay. 
Black Taurus was definitely there, but it was like a like you know a handful of guys that you've seen and enjoy. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that, what is this going to cost me? Like 15, 20 bucks to go stand at the back. And that sounds like a good night. And then I see it's like $65. And I'm like, this is, I mean, I guess you got to fly all those guys. I hope this means they're getting paid. You'd hope. But, but I don't know. Like that's one that like 30 bucks maybe. But 65 or whatever. I don't know. That just, it felt like too much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I also haven't caught I haven't caught Hog in a while because they keep running like Friday nights instead of Saturdays. I'd much prefer the six o'clock Saturday shows. Uh, I'm I hoping just see got announced for Hog. They've been announcing a lot of guys. They had um, Homicide. They just announced for wrestling. I think Cardona. it was Sunny Kiss actually. That I'm oh, Sunny Kiss of. too. That's right. Yeah, Sunny Kiss for the next show. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious if AEW does. I, I'm hoping they announce another collision at some point soon, so I can take Maddie again, and we can hopefully see the Aussie Open fellas. Maddie very disappointed. Now. Maddie very disappointed seeing Aussie Open do the job to uh, Chris Jericho and uh, Sammy Guevara. I mean, a lot of people were. Yeah, you know, a lot you, of people you, were. You, with the appropriate reaction, you. She was okay. She was okay seeing them lose to MJF and Cole. I think she was like, those guys seem, those guys seem kind of fun too. I think she's intrigued because they're friends, but they also, they're kind of enemies, but also kind of friends. And she's just, I think it it tracks a lot. You know, the MJF Cole relationship tracks with her experience of friendship as a five year old. There are a lot of ups and downs in five year old friendships. A lot of ups and downs. You're still learning to trust. There's a non-zero chance that your best friend is going to put a ring on and pop you in the face. You know. Yeah, completely out of nowhere. Com- unprovoked. Yeah, unprovoked. But and it's not, it's not even for a kangaroo- title belt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just for a, it's just for some Legos. <laughs> oh, but they'll shit. do the kangaroo kick, you think, Garrett? Yeah, well, oh yeah, I was going to say, you know, like, that makes you sad, but then they hop around like a kangaroo and all is forgiven. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Maddie's best friend and her. They're frenemies. They they go back and forth. They, they it's really, again, it's very much like Cole and MJF. They've turned on each other. You can watch them over the course of an evening. Turn on each other, then reunite and just. Um, you got to teach Maddie to do a kip up. <laughs> Work on that. All right, Maddie, let's lay on this mat here. Can you do it? Can you show me, Daddy? No. No. <laughs> Daddy's going to hurt himself. Uh, I will say, I do find, how do you feel about the motivations in that angle? I'm curious to get your take on this. In the MJF, like, Cole just being buddies, but, like, they, one guy just really wants it, and the other guy also just really wants it. I guess I mean the the like the going back the the where they're like constantly fighting the urge to like turn on each other it seems or go like it super worked for me in the match like yeah. I I don't know how long I can watch them do that <laughs> you know if that's gonna get drug out for months but in the the main event match it very much worked for me in like a big bad way um, yeah. How long though is that going to get drug out? Where we're watching Roddy and the Kingdom and 
I don't know. Yeah. I kind of, my feeling was kind of, it's like a classic example of the way wrestling can work in a funny way where, like, if you try to chart out over the course of that match, the, like, shifting feelings. I mean, I guess, again, it does happen to five-year-olds where it shifts around like this. But it is, it it, it felt a little bit to me, like, kind of, if you plotted it out, it would kind of read, like, gibberish. But at the same time, I'm with you. It was incredibly effective and worked. Like something about wrestling where just that feeling of like not knowing what's going to happen next and teasing something that logically like, well, wait a minute. Like if you were if you actually do want to be his friend, you're definitely not going to punch him with a ring on your hand. But that sort of feeling back and forth, it felt very attitude era to me in a good way. Where like if you if you look at a lot of the attitude era twists and turns, sometimes if you're like, you can't chart a clear course of of why exactly this happened this way, but people reacted every time, and so like and, this isn't this isn't a fiction writing course in college. You know, it's about getting people to react, and it's working. But it's interesting to me that like I sometimes I feel like we give it a little too much credit because it's working, and you're like it's brilliant, and it's like well, I guess kinda, I, but not quite. Yeah, I. I... I think I just, with that, I never was able to picture babyface MJF or Mm -hmm. what MJF could do motivation-wise to make sense as a babyface because we've never even seen a little bit of that out of him. I mean, I guess maybe when Punk was being really mean to him. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think going back to even the early things in, in AEW, they did plant the seeds with the promo about like, um, the anti-Semitism early on. I was going to say like that, that that part, yeah. You know, where they've kind of been laying, and it's one of the reasons why I think it's working, is they've kind of laid the crumbs all along. And then they did this moment where he was like, oh, what I really needed kind of was a friend. And I've always, that's what I've, I've been putting up these walls kind of thing. And I I have think that to an extent, that's it is kind of worked kind of nicely to do that and kind of like fully embrace the character without changing the character too much. Just tweak it just enough. I've, I've, that I think has been impressive at that. That aspect has been impressive. And when you think back to like how long ago that, like the anti uh, Semitism storyline started and everything that's happened in between it really like now I'm sitting here thinking like, God damn, they really fleshed him out as a, person like you know his backstory now you know everything like we've really i don't know you don't get that with a lot of people um like at least that far back where you get the you get the villain origin story you get kind of everything out of him right yeah and i think it's interesting he's become I think kind of an, especially even for like a kid, kind of an oddly relatable character. Like he's cutting this promo on Wednesday and talking about basically Samoa Joe kind of bullying him when he was, um, you know, an extra in NXT and stuff like that. And I think you can kind of easily explain to a kid like, oh, yeah, like this guy, he's a little bit mean, but it's kind of because this other guy was mean to him when he was like, why why do you do that? Well, he was kind of he was being a bully. He was being, you know. Um, and there's a certain logic to the character. And I, I kind of, what I kind of hope they do is just kind of drop 
the like will they won't they thing and just kind of go full mega powers for a little fuck. while. <laughs> let them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, let them just go. Just. Mm. Um, I know. I see a, a portion of the internet that hates uh, how often AEW references WWE. But I do kind of like that wrestling exists within the same universe where we can use this Samoa Joe moment that happened six years ago, however long ago, you know, and and yeah. make that something now. Like the, everything kind of can cross over and bleed together. And I think it's very, I think it's just very modern. You know what I mean? I think it's a very, it's the admission that, yeah, people found that clip. You know what I mean? And they were sharing it. And so why can't we acknowledge it and talk about it? And also, though, in other ways, though, it's old school, right? Because in the territory days, you built guys up by showing matches from other places and talking about how this guy's been a champion everywhere he's went. And, you know, these people, Abdullah the Butcher and Bruiser Brody have been fighting all over the world and kind of things. So, it, again, it's it's this thing where a, a whole generation of people grew up in the WWE monopoly where WWE is super weird about mentioning other all these things. And they think that's normal as opposed to just Vince is weird and does that. And it's worked for him. And I'm not saying it was bad in that regard. But it's not the only way to do things. And the other way is equally valid. It could be better or worse in certain circumstances. And I'm not saying it's 100% one is the other. But, you know it's just another way to do things and it's sometimes an effective one. I, again, I think, I think in this one, I think it was quite effective. The idea of, um, cause you could see, um, I think they really kind of let it shine through the way that, um, it was still affecting it. Like, you know, the, the, it was still sort of impacting the dynamic between them, you know, um, I, I and I'm interested to see that match now. I'm interested to see it could happen at Grand Slam. I'd be into that. Um, if it's MJF and Roddy at Grand Slam, I'd be into that. I you know because you for sure get an MJF title match. That there, is right. Like the, they've made that 100 percent clear. The title winner is um the tournament winner wrestles MJF at Grand Slam. Also, they can do a four way in one of the. There's going to be a women's title match. They've announced that. Okay. Uh, most likely, I think it's got to be Tony Storm, right? It's got, I feel like it's unless they sell me that pay per view, but I'd be very excited to see Tony Storm in um, a uh, an, a title match against Soraya. Her promo this week. Have you seen the Tony Storm promo or the clip? No, I did. Honestly, I didn't really see anything from from any of the the TV shows this week. Oh man, um, it was um, spectacular. Just really, just like she's really like deep into this character, um, and it's just. Let me just send you. Oh, there's somewhere. There's a mod on. Why can't I find this thing? Anyway, um, you know. But she says to him, you know, she says to to Renee, it's in like lip lips up, uh, up straight, tits out, and and you know what they say, hips up, tits straight, um, tits out, and watch for the shoe. And Renee's like, watch for the shoe, and just like off, from off camera, just the shoe just comes whizzing past <laughs> Renee's head. 
He's just like, come on. Um, Fuck, I love Tony Storm. She's she's great. Again, because and it's interesting. It's funny how this has turned me around in her. Because I was really not into her run in AEW for a while. It just didn't feel like it was working for me. But this character is brilliant. I'm fully in. I was going to say, both you and Fax were pretty down on Tony Storm. And uh, th- this really is, seems to have changed everything. It's perfect. It's ter- terrific. Um, yeah. Um, before we, we get out of here, because I feel like we are yeah. getting close to, to ramping up. Um, I walked out of a movie today. Mm-hmm. I walked out. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 has been in theaters for nine weeks. And I thought, today's the day. I'm going to go see this movie. And okay. this movie opened with three things that turned me off so much in movies. It was okay. like they they hit me with a hat trick of my least favorite things in the first 15 minutes in such a way that it felt like they were pranking me. Okay. I don't like submarines. <laughs> I'm with you. It tends to be pretty stupid movies. Don't really care about them that much. It's, you're just, they're stuck in the metal penis. It's, there's not a lot of room. There's, they can't do much. Like they move slow. It's a boring fight. I don't care about a submarine. The movie opens in a submarine. And I was like, this sucks. I don't know. I was like, this is, this is testing my patience. Mm-hmm. N- next scene immediately, like 18 guys on horses riding through the deserts. Not a big horsey guy. So I'm like, already, two for two. And they're like, how do we knock this out of the park? How about we have a bunch of um, government officials sitting around a conference table hitting me with exposition? And I was like, god damn, this is the worst 15 minutes uh, you could have ever given me. I hear the movie's great. I'll never know. Uh, I left. I left. (laughs) That it well, you know, I mean, sometimes you just gotta know when to go. Sometimes you just gotta know it's it's time. I thought it was the universe's way of telling me there's somewhere else for you to be right now. Yeah. You've got beers to go eat, Carrot. Oh, and you better believe when we're in Philadelphia for WrestleMania 40, we're going to be eating beers with as many wrestlers as we can. Maybe it's just Hardway Heater in an Airbnb, but we're eating beers with somebody. <laughs> that does seem like something that could be like, I feel like a circle six side game challenge, a, a beer, a beer eating challenge. Matthew Justice is definitely in. <laughs> That's such, it's like a pie eating contest, but like how many beers can you eat? And like everybody's gums are all cut up. We have to get Britt Baker (laughs) in there to try and fix everybody. So she's there for. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Chris, it was good being back with you. Good to be back. You weren't weren't there last week, but you were there the week before. Yeah. I previewed things with Heater, and then you guys recapped so beautifully. If you haven't listened to last week's show, it was terrific. Um, I was very I'm I'm what you know what I hope comes to New York this fall. I hope a Circle Six Barroom Blitz. It's New York this fall because I really looked. It looked pretty awesome, and I would really like to see one in person in a New York bar, just chilling. So bring your wife. 
and then you mm-hmm. guys podcast about it. Okay, sounds like a plan. Which it sounds like they should be in New York soon. It sounds like uh, Casanova's thing that he does there is now possibly associated with Circle Six. So, uh, yeah, I honestly can't recommend those enough. That is just, it's such a different beast of a show. And uh, it was it was fun as hell. Definitely worth worth your time. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We will be back next week. Give us a follow at Predetermined Podcast, at Gartet, at Chris Miggs, at Jimmy Fax. Jimmy Lloyd's IMDb. Wait. Jimmy Lloyd's yeah, IMDb. Jimmy Fax? Yeah, Jimmy, I, I couldn't remember. If, God, I just want him to switch it to Jimmy Lloyd's IMDb page. Just at Jimmy Lloyd's IMDb page. Yeah. But I understand that he has a life outside of here, and maybe that's not what he wants to do with his Instagram. <laughs> All right, everybody, hit our goddamn music. Music.